0: Anderson afternoons the podcast
1: hello there thank you for checking out the podcast coming up Charles Adler on the SNC Label affair Nick Dembski resigns with the bombers and he's excited we'll talk to him and dr. Adrian Robertson joins us from transplant Manitoba will chat about organ donation Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. And I'm so excited to begin the show today with a conversation with a guy that I have not talked to in a while. Listen to him all the time. Nine o'clock at night here on CJOB, but I haven't talked to him like this in a long time. Mr. Charles Adler. Hello, Chuck.
0: So uh, I don't mean to, you know, play mom here and uh-huh. how is mom, by the way? Mom's great. Mom's great. I don't mean to play mom and do the guilting on you, Al. I'm happy to talk <laughs> to you today, but yeah. it's 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 been a while between I drinks, Al. And I, you know, I was honestly wondering when you invited me this morning, is it because <laughs> You know, eight or nine or ten other people turned you down. like, where was I on the roster? You were the first person I thought of. I've talked to
1: enough (laughs) ethics professors. I've talked to enough politicians. I've heard enough. I want to get the real deal from Charles Adler. So what do you think? SNC-Lavalin affair. It's a mess.
0: Yeah, it is. If you want me to cut to the chase, and I suppose that's why you're called, because... You fell asleep on the ethics professors. Uh, this this is the this is the simplest scandal in history, and if you were raised in Montreal as I was, um, you'd see it in a heartbeat. Uh, the Liberal Party doesn't exist without uh, without Quebec. Quebec is the is the gold mouth. I mean, most. Uh, most people who are, are, are great general managers like Sheveldayoff and others, they, they know that regardless of the, you know, which, which players get all the glam, uh, if you don't have one of the hottest goalies in the league, you're never going to the Stanley Cup. So it's the same in, it's the same in politics. Uh, the Liberals absolutely, this is history, it has nothing to do with the current Trudeau or the past Trudeau or the Paul Martin or Jean Chrétien. The, the, the point is the Liberal Party is based in Montreal. That's, that's headquarters. And if they don't do well there, including, and this is most important, getting lots of funding uh, from corporations based in Montreal, there is no Liberal Party. So all anyone in Manitoba needs to know is SNC-Lavalin is Quebec. It's Quebec funding for the Liberal Party, some of it ethical, some of it not so kosher. But over the years, SNC-Lavalin has been one of the major patrons of the Liberal Party, and when when they have 80 lobbyist meetings with uh, with with liberals and by the way they've had some with conservatives as well over the last few years but when they've had 80 lobbyist meetings uh, with liberal insiders it means that they're seriously trying to drive their own agenda and of course the liberals did change the law recently tucked it in very quietly was announced uh, just before uh, Christmas Um, there was a, a new law in there that gives Uh, Lavalin, a break, a possible break from a a criminal trial. All that's necessary, of course, is for the justice minister to push the right button. They got the wrong justice minister. Had their justice minister been from Quebec, like the current guy, uh, this wouldn't even be a story.
1: Well, and it's about jobs, right? At, At the heart of it, it's jobs. I just think that most Canadians, even Canadians outside of Quebec, if they were just told, listen, SNC-Lavalin employs a lot of Quebecers, a lot of people in Montreal. And so this is important. And if they had just come out and been public about that and struck some kind of a deal to keep that company out of trouble, I think most Canadians would have said, yeah, okay, it's about jobs and that's important. But instead they did all this wheeling and dealing or tried to get the wheeling and dealing done behind closed doors. And now we're all screaming and hollering about a cover-up.
0: Well, you know, many years ago, and Hal, you'll remember this. There was a big controversy in Manitoba. Brian Mulroney was the was the prime minister, and the Defence Department wanted. Uh, Bristol, based in Winnipeg, to be building uh, planes, right? right? Uh, Fighter planes, like really, really important stuff for the military. And the contract was supposed to go to Manitoba. It ended up in Quebec, and it ended up in Quebec for one reason. uh, Brian Mulroney wanted the Conservative Party to be what the Liberal Party used to be, a party that had a very, very strong foothold in, in Quebec. Now, he also, of course, justified it in terms of jobs. But here's something I think people need to understand about jobs in this industry, and how I think that... As far as media is concerned, you're more plugged in uh to this uh than most media people i'm not I'm not saying that because we're buds and you're c g o b and i'm c g o b and all i'm just, I'm just being absolutely brutally objective about this. You are more plugged into small business and small business contractors and as far as these major construction projects so called infrastructure projects are concerned, yes, there's a head office somewhere whether it's Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver or wherever but most of the people who are doing the grunt work are contractors and subcontractors in individual provinces, in individual counties. So when we talk about, like, tens of thousands of Lavalin jobs across the country, what we're talking about is jobs that would be going to other uh, contractors, Uh, and sometimes the same contractors, the same contractor in Manitoba that could be working for Lavalin could also be working for Acon based in, in Toronto. It doesn't much matter. I don't want to get too complicated about this. I just want to sort of... I, and uh, I want I want the folks to understand that when they talk about the, there's there's a number out there, about 50,000 jobs. 50,000 jobs, 50,000 people building roads across the country. Those jobs would still be available sometimes to the same people. The only difference is the head office, and there are a couple of thousand head office jobs in Montreal. And, of course, the corporation in Montreal is the one that's been dealing with the Liberals. But I don't want people to be misled into thinking that All of this is about saving tens of thousands of Canadian jobs. No, it's about saving liberal hide.
1: All right, fair enough. And Dean just texted in, Hal, isn't this more about the PMO trying to influence justice, which is illegal? That's certainly the part of the story that most media is focusing on. So maybe talk about that a bit, Chuck.
0: Well, they are are definitely doing that. As I said earlier, there's a way for the, uh, because of the, the current system, that we have with the public prosecutor and this new law that's been written. And there is a way legally, quite legally, uh, for the government to influence that trial that lavallee doesn't want to face. It doesn't want to face criminal prosecution because if it's convicted, it won't have any contracts uh, at, for at least 10 more years with its number one client, which is the government of Canada. So that's why it's important for them to just pay a fine and then get on with it as opposed to uh, be convicted in a, in a criminal court. So there is a way legally for the Canadian government to handle that, and that is to get the prosecution, the public prosecutor, to drop the charge and do the so-called plea deal, which was written into the, the budget shortly before Christmas, as I mentioned earlier. But that does take cooperation from the Justice Minister, and the Justice Minister is independent. The justice minister does not have to take any orders from the PMO or anybody else. It's it's a very unique position in cabinet, and it's because we want justice to be independent. We want equal justice and and all those wonderful things. So there's a reason reason why the justice minister is independent. This particular justice minister, Vancouver-based Jody Wilson-Raybould, did not want to play ball, and uh, she hasn't said this publicly yet. But the story is that she was pressured and squeezed. But most important. After she clearly made her decision not to interfere to to let the criminal case go forward, she was fired she was demoted and 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 the story is and this is a story at this point it's not uh, it hasn't been confirmed yet because an investigation is required. The story is the reason she got demoted was because she wouldn't play ball
1: so what happens now, Chuck because yesterday the prime minister's in Winnipeg kind of throwing her under the bus that 's the way a lot of people are are mm-hmm. seeing it. Where where do you see this ending up? What do you think is going to happen here? The Conservatives are smelling blood in the water. They're all over this. Uh, how much of an impact will this have on the election coming up later on this year? There's so many parts, uh, moving parts to this.
0: Yeah, remember, what's most important, uh, if, you're, uh, if you're a partisan uh, conservative, what's most important is not solving this. It's keeping it alive. Because if this thing, if this little riddle got solved, Uh, in the month of February or March, would be next to useless for the Conservatives because the election's in October. So the idea is to stall and to keep the issue alive. If they wanted to get the issue done rather quickly, they could ask the RCMP to come in. And the RCMP generally comes in when they're asked to. Um, Once again, at Winnipeg Angle, years ago, there was a prime minister called Paul Martin. And Paul Martin went down to defeat when the headline read right across Canada, whether it was the Toronto Star or the Winnipeg Free Press, it didn't matter which newspaper, the front page was RCMP investigating Liberals. So here's the here's the Winnipeg angle. The person who called the RCMP in to investigate the Liberals, the one who made the complaint, was Winnipeg's own Judy wassily elise And had it not been for Judy wassily who of course was doing it under the direction of Jack Layton, Paul Martin might have survived.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, boy. Politics. What an interesting game, eh, Chuck? I'm I'm really glad you had time for me today. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Thank you for doing this. Who's filling in for you tonight? Bye. By the way,
0: Mike Smith, uh, who's uh, Victoria-based, and uh, he's a great guy, and uh, I'm sure that everyone will enjoy it. And as far as this major topic is concerned, uh, he'll uh, he'll be absolutely be all over it. But Hal, I want to wish you, okay? Yes. A happy World Radio Day. Yes. I mean, and yeah. I- anybody listening to the program knows. How guys like you and me have a passion for broadcasting, and yeah. most people do in broadcasting do have a passion for it. If they don't, they sort of you know uh, go do politics or something else. But uh, I think it means a lot to, to radio fans, and there's still millions of them. And I uh, just uh, you know, in behalf of uh, myself and and my family, I just can't thank uh, Winnipeggers enough over the years for uh, the enormous uh, support that you've given us. Uh, yes, radio is my passion but it's it's a lot easier to do it when you've got a loyal following. And the CGOB and CGOB listeners have just been tremendous to my family.
1: Well, and it's always fun to do it with you, Chuck, and that's one of the great things about being here at CGOB together. We've done that over the years. We left, both of us, and now we're back again, and it's really cool that you're doing this while on holidays and on World Radio Day, so thank you, pal. All right, Al, well, thank you right. so much. Charles Adler, you can uh, catch him right here on CGOB weeknights at 9. All right, so yesterday, a busy day in free agency, and one of the signings by the bombers was Nick Dembski, and Nick Dembski joins us on the phone now. Good afternoon, Nick. How you doing? Great. Congratulations on the re signing. I
2: appreciate it, man. I'm excited about it.
1: Tell me how excited you are.
2: Honestly ecstatic, man. When uh when, when, when the deal happened, when it closed, uh I mean, I was fist pumping around my whole house. So I, I wanted to get this thing done and I wanted to be here. So it was, uh, I was pretty relieved when it finally got dealt with.
1: Yeah, I'll bet. So had you been talking with the bombers uh, quite a bit or uh, did it all kind of come together a lot yesterday or, or uh, like take us behind the velvet rope a bit here?
2: Yeah, honestly, you know, I. <laughs> you know i was pretty uh I was pretty anxious to get a deal done i want you know as i said I, I wanted to get this done and uh you know it was pretty back and forth with with my agent and and Kyle you know I didn't really uh do much of the talking to them but you know uh yesterday was kind of when it when it all came together i was I was honestly getting a little bit nervous that I was going to have to test it out a little bit but you know as i said we got we got it done and and I'm definitely relieved. why is it so
1: important for you to play here at
2: home now i Honestly, you know, it was it was a great season last year, not, not only for myself but but for the whole team. And and I mean, I, I love the environment playing here in Winnipeg. I love the offense that we run. You know, the coaches are good, the players are great. So you know, I, it it only seemed right to be here.
1: And you're only 25, man. Like the best is yet to come for you.
2: It's still it's still yet to come, man. I, I feel like I'm in my prime. I feel like I got a lot a lot left to give. So you know, I'm just I, I just want to build on on. Uh, on on the season that we had last year not like as i said not only uh on my behalf but you know the whole team you know we we do have something special in this locker room and you know it's it, it's exciting man. i'm getting uh, getting a little jittery just talking about it already
1: yeah talk a bit about that for me nick because i think bomber fans and i'm a big one bomber fans the last couple of years were thinking this is it this is it and then it didn't happen uh, why should we keep the faith? Why is this coming season, and uh, hopefully this coming season, but why is this season and the next two or three? Why is it a big deal? Why why should we continue to be confident that the bombers can bring the cup home?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's because we're, we're in the right direction. You know what I mean? We're we we're so close last year. You know, a couple of plays, a couple plays. If we got a couple of plays back and made a couple of plays, you know, I'm, I I guarantee you know we, we could have been having. The cup right in our laps. You know, I, I felt that's how good we were last year. You know, we're we're right there, and uh, you know we brought a lot of back brought back a lot of key pieces, and uh, you know of course with the biggie biggie signing that was huge, and you know we got a couple other guys back, and uh, we brought in a couple new faces this year too that are going to help uh, you know help our chances this year too. So I mean we're right there. We we can feel it. We got something special brewing in this locker room, and and you know we just got to go out there and do it.
1: And Willie Jefferson yesterday. It's nice to take him no from doubt. the Riders, eh?
2: No doubt, and I mean, you know, I I, I played with Willie in, in Saskatchewan for two years, and, and I mean, he he's a great guy, not only on the field but but in the locker room too. You know, it's going to bring a lot of leadership to our locker room, and uh, you know, it's going to add a, It's going to add a lot of. Uh, a lot of versatility to our defense as well.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Saskatchewan, Oak Park, and then the Bisons over at the U of M, and then you went to Saskatchewan for a few years. Uh, when Saskatchewan made you that first-round pick in 2015, were you were you hoping things could work out here at home with the Bombers, or were you just happy to go wherever you could uh, play?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, at the end of the day for me, and, and, and even now, even going into free agency, you know, I just want to be on a team. That, that wants me there that that's going to give me the opportunity so I mean I wasn't really looking looking too much ahead into the future uh, you know it, it's just the way it worked out that, that here I am playing playing for the hometown again but you know when I when I got picked by Saskatchewan I was just on my mind I was just focused uh, you know what what was there at the moment you know what i mean i wasn't trying to look look into the future too much
1: yeah hey you know yesterday uh the quarterbacks got a lot of attention uh mike riley and 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 others but i'll you know, tell you I, I and you you work with him every day uh tell me about matt nichols i'm i'm excited that he's our guy
2: i am too i mean that that was another big big uh reason why i wanted to come last year and that's another big reason why i wanted to you know continue playing here this year you know uh He's, he's more than comfortable in this offense. You know, he's, he's proven that he can make plays. You know, we, we, we all got trust in him in the locker room. So, I mean, I'm excited to get back to work with him, man. I was just talking to him yesterday, so we're excited.
1: Nick, you're a real fan favorite, too. That must feel good, eh? Not just playing at home, but being loved by the fans here at home.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. You know, I I've got to experience it first time, you know, go, going to games myself. So, you know, I know how passionate the fans are. In Winnipeg and, and I mean for, for them to you know accept me and, and, and want me here it, it, just, it means that much more to me so that's why I go out there and, and, and play with my heart every game.
1: You yes, sure do Nick thanks a lot for doing this I really appreciate your time today and again congrats on the re-signing and can't wait to see you uh, playing for the Blue and Gold this year.
2: Appreciate it man thanks for having me.
1: Joining us on the phone now, Dr. Adrian Robertson, Medical Director, Gift of Life Life Program, Transplant Manitoba. Dr. Robertson, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Hi, how are you? Excellent. So the 2018 kidney transplant stats are in. What can you tell us?
3: Well, so I work... I work on the on the on the donation on the deceased donation side. Right. So I can I can speak about deceased donation uh, more than the entire stats. Yeah, it was a big year on that front, wasn't it? It was huge, actually. So so we've been working uh, we've been working very hard to increase access for Manitobans to be able to donate when when they have the opportunity. And uh, along along with sort of increased awareness by donation in the community, and that those two things sort of came together. This in 2018 to set a record-setting year for us, which is 22 deceased donors, um, which is which is on about par with sort of leading leading national statistics.
1: You know, obviously we're excited that uh, kidney transplants happened and people's lives improved and continued. But there's death, uh, obviously. There's a an element of death in this too, and that that must make what you do challenging. I would imagine.
3: Absolutely. So, on the on the deceased side of donation, as opposed to living donation, when right. somebody is live and giving away a piece of themselves, which I don't in any way want to want to underscore the importance of.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, on the do- on the deceased side, you know, essentially everybody that everybody that gets to participate in a program. Like this, as a donor, has had by definition something horrible happen to them, whether it's being uh, struck down by a disease or being the victim of some sort of horrible trauma, and it's it's sort of into these situations when you can imagine a family is otherwise severely traumatized. Um, Experiencing experiencing a crisis, um, sort of at, at its sort of most extreme level. That, that we have to we have to sort of enter into the situation, and work with these families um, who work with us very very bravely to to contemplate the question of whether their loved one would would want to donate or not. Um, and this the you, you just can't underscore how how difficult and challenging uh, this time is. Uh, how hard it is for people to 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 think and navigate their way through the simplest question, and a question like organ donation is 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 a much more complex and difficult question for for people to handle, especially under that kind of duress.
1: Talk about uh, what you just said—that it's a complex issue. Explain.
3: Well, you know, I think I I think that for 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 all of us, we have different ideas of of organ donation uh, in terms of what's right for us and what's not not right for us. Um, and I think that, I think that uh, the majority, majority of Canadians sort of in telephone polls uh, agree that donation is a good thing and want to participate in donation. Um, but in a time of crisis like that, if if somebody hasn't left sort of clear direction, then there's then there's an element of uncertainty, and the un- the uncertainty can come can come from a whole variety of of, of areas, um, including uh, mistrust of the medical system, uh, fear fear of myths myths around organ donation, uh, or, or or even just their own their own or their family's family's beliefs around around what what should happen to a body and and should a body remain whole things like that and so i think when it comes time to decide around organ donation um it's much better if people have talked this out beforehand um and that way if somebody does have a tragedy befall them where they do have an opportunity to be an organ donor their families have a much easier time of knowing knowing that what was right for them a yes or a no and and both can be equally good. It's not, it's, it's not about trying to force people to be yes, but it's for people that, for people that, that do, want to, do want to give or people that clearly don't want to give, for their family to know to know, know your wishes so that they're not stuck trying to struggle through it. Um, and sometimes we have like multiple camps in a family where some people strongly believe the person would want to, other people strongly believe they wouldn't, others are unsure, um, and, and that just causes duress direct duress. That's not necessary.
1: And even, uh, and I gave away, uh, I gave out the website earlier, signupforlife.ca, signupforlife.ca. Right. Um, and, and we saw big numbers on that front too, and I'll get to that in a second, but I'll bet you there are times when somebody goes to signupforlife.ca, they say, yes, donate my organ. Something happens. Uh, they die in an accident or whatever and the direction has been made that they want their organs donated but i'll bet you there are family members that don't agree with
3: that even though they've made it clear what they want well so that definitely happens and and so so this is this is where it really comes down to two pieces so the going to say signupforlife.ca is definitely the right thing to do um, so that you can register, you can register your consent, and and then if you're ever in a position to donate, uh, we can look at that registry and 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 see what you've said, okay? And then we can we can use that information when we're approaching your family and say, look, this is what this this is what you indicated to us on our intention to donate donate registry. Um, but the the second part of it is to make your wishes well known to your family, and your family doesn 't necessarily have to agree with your wishes they just they just need to understand your wishes right and so so what we, what we don 't want is we don 't want say a mum who vehemently believes that her son or her daughter does not want to donate, and then us saying well they, they said they did right and and then that cause that caused conflict. Uh, I'd much rather have a situation where where the mum says, "Look, I, I've never agreed with it, but this is this is what my loved one always wanted. So, mm-hmm. so we should do it because it's 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 what they wanted, right?"
0: Yeah. Um,
3: and so, having those conversations, I think, are super important. Um, one of the things that we that we work towards is what we call the enduring conversation, or the, the enduring decision. So we want people to arrive at the yes or the no that they would arrive at outside of that heated emotional state uh, of the of the emotional crisis. And so, you know, in an ideal world, that's sort of dinner around the coffee table. That's that's that, or that's conversation around the coffee table. That's conversation at dinner, um, where not only do you express your wishes, but your other family members share their thoughts and ideas. Um, and by, by just initiating that sort of simple conversation, um, not only might you express your desires, but you might also know, know the desires of your other family members at the end of the day, all, all which might, which might uh, make things easier on, on your whole family if, if one of these tragedies befalls you.
1: Are Manitobans more now than ever uh, signing up, registering to donate their organs and,
3: and tissue? Absolutely, Um Manito- Manitobans are are very community minded, uh, very generous, uh, very kind people. As a as just a general concept, um, the in changing from that blue card that we all used to sign and carry in our wallets, right? Um, you know, the, the you know, as as the world changes, we become more modern. So now, sign up for life is really really taken taken off from those blue cards. So while many of us still have those blue cards in our in our wallets, what we should really be doing is 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 recycling those and going to sign up, uh, sign up for life.ca and registering our, our, our wishes there. Um, and while, while the numbers there are. The numbers on the website are still small the website is still relatively young um but we've we've seen dramatic growth in the in the last few years and especially in two thousand and eighteen um and i think i I think that the the numbers on the website uh don't don't truly reflect the the giving nature of all of manitoba it, it just it just just reflects the the penetration of how successful we've been in getting the word out uh to go to sign up for life and people taking the time to do it um but i think i think I think Manitobans are doing it more and more every day.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, a lot of Manitobans that haven't gone to the website would be willing to do that. They just haven't yet. And so, how do we make that happen even more, Doc? Do we just keep talking about it?
3: You know, I think I, I think I think the best way to do it is 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 through is through encouragement. Um, I'm not sure I'm not sure that there's that there's a, a viable way at this point where we can where we can make it make it make it uh make it either mandatory or 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 make it make it a part of a process say when you're getting your new driver's license um th- those those things make it make it I, I i think in some ways in some ways um you know like too much too much of a system what i what i'd much rather see is is people hear this uh hear this kind of conversation that we're having mm-hmm. hell and then and then say look you know sometime this week let's sit down as a family and let's talk about this and at the end of it, and at the end of it, let's take the time to sign up. Um, and in the mean t- and then, you know what, after that, you know, let's, let, let's talk to our neighbor across the street because, you know, she, I think she's mentioned that she wanted to do it and she doesn't have access to a computer. You know, let's, let's make sure that the other members in our, in our community sort, sort of have the opportunity to, to sort of voice their... Voice their um, voice their opinions and and get them and get them recorded, um, and I, I think I think really a, a grassroots community sort of movement is really the best way to do this. Hey, uh, doctor,
1: do you mind answering a couple of text messages here? Questions sure. from listeners. Okay, uh, Audrey says, is there an age at which your organs are no longer wanted for transplant? Is there any plan for implied consent being considered?
3: So the. So, that, so the so the first the first question about about age of organs. So our oldest set of lungs that we've ever donated in Canada is 88, and our oldest organ was a liver that was in that was the person was in their 90s. Wow. So you know regardless of people's age or regardless of their health, if you would like to donate, I would encourage you to sign up, and not make not make sort of a predetermined decision that we wouldn't want we wouldn't want or we wouldn't consider your organs. I also think there's something intrinsically healthy about being willing to give, uh, even if even if ultimately ultimately um, when my organ donation team uh, you know reviews reviews somebody as an organ donor and we can see that they wanted to be an organ donor but the situation isn't going to work out, mm-hmm. um, there's there, there, there's still something tremendously healthy about being having being willing to be a to, to be a to be a donor. So, I would not let anybody uh, I would not discourage anybody for signing up based on based on age or or, or other other illness
1: and what about the implied consent part of that so
3: the implied consent part i have I have a bit of an issue with so so the idea of implied consent essentially is that what we 're going to say is we 're going to assume everybody wants to give and then people have to register their no. Um, my problem with that is, is that we end up having the same conversation, but we're having the conversation from a different side. It's the side of me assuming that I get, that I get your organs as opposed to me requesting your organs and i really do believe that this is a gift and it should be a gift and i shouldn't ever assume assume that i'm going to get a gift from you mm. i think manitobans are very generous people um and i think they i think i think given the opportunity to give they will give especially when asked in the right way and given given the opportunity when the when the opportunity arises i think asking people asking people to give by default um is is not likely to win the hearts and minds of
1: people. Yeah, right. Uh, by the way, Audrey texted in again, and she said, "I'm signed up, and I have been for a long time." So Audrey is is in, which is fantastic. Another uh, quick question here: Can diabetics donate?
3: Absolutely. So again, again, um, just just like with the with the response to Audrey, um, depending on depending on what sort of other medical history you have we, mm-hmm. we, we're going to take that into consideration um around which organs we can use and 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 in what kind of recipient uh that being said let's let let us figure that out if you're willing to donate yeah you you sign up uh let us let us um let us celebrate you uh as somebody who's willing to give and at the day and time time that 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 happens Uh, and again only a very very small percentage of people that want to donate less than three percent of people die in a way uh, in manitoba every year that could donate Uh, so if you're one of those one of those people let us sort out if if at that time there's something that we can that we can offer um, and you just let us know about about your willingness your willingness to be a giver.
1: Well, I just heard an interesting number in there. Only three percent of Manitobans die in a way where their organs can
3: be used. Correct. Correct. Wow, that's a small number. It is. A, it is a very small number, which, which which is why it makes it makes it so crucial that 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 people that do want do want to donate organs um, make their make their intent. Uh, known so that when we when we when we approach those people that are in this in this unique situation to donate um, if, if it's their wish we can we, we can work to make their wish come true
1: one more question and a quick answer please doc because i'm way over time here sure. what if someone wishes to donate when they're young but then as they get older they change their mind and want to withdraw from organ donation
3: so people can draw from organ donation at any time. So so there's a provision on, on sign up for life for that. Plus, plus, if you, again, let your family know that, look, I wanted to donate, but I no longer want to donate, That that's going to ensure, in, 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 ensure that your wishes get carried out. It's all about communication. Adrian, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Very welcome, Hal. Thank you so much.